poke your eye, Ow. pull your hair. You forgot what clothes to wear. What the hell? You're not wearing yellow and blue on leap day. So what? Leap day's not a thing? Leap day, William, leap day, William, bursting from the sea. Will he bring his bucket of sweets for Mom and Pop and me? What the crap is going on in here? Why, Leap Day William is visiting. Leap Day William? Miss Lemon, did you not grow up with Leap Day William? He lives in the Mariana Trench. He emerges every four years to trade children's tears for candy? What? No! Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House. A salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones, and especially the ones that require adding an extra day on the calendar. It is February 29th, better known in this universe than the one we're about to jump into, that's home to the Series 30 Rock, as Leap Day. And before I introduce myself with a joke from the special as I do, this episode is probably not going to be safe for the kiddos, and I know some of y'all have kids who listen. Maybe save this one for later. That out of the way, I am that animal who crosses so slowly across the road that then you swerve to make sure you hit it, and then a car coming the other way swerves to avoid you and goes off a cliff, and that night you and your companion have the greatest sex of your lives because you're both sharing a secret, Mike Westfall. And joining me is a man who did an internet, and now the computers like him, and Wall Street is Google. It's Joey O. Happy Leap Day, Joey. Happy Leap Day. That's the longest intro I've ever written, but that was very it, impressive. It, that you, you, it had to. Go I'm sure in. you typed that out. Oh, I word did. by word yourself. Oh yes, y'all. You thought we were doing Ludicrousness first. You were wrong. This is the better <laughs> Thirty Rock Holiday Special, anyway. It's from 2012, directed by Steve Buscemi. No, no, no. Buscemi. Buscemi. Oh, excuse me. If Erin was here, she would correct you in a heartbeat. Okay. That is one of her biggest pet peeves because she's a big fan. And when people say his name wrong, she corrects them. Directed by Steve Buscemi. Thank you. (laughs) Also, of course, Steve Buscemi was in many episodes of 30 Rock as a private eye that was hired by Jack. So even before we get into this, here's the thing. At this point in time, now, uh, eight years after this episode, is 30 Rock's main legacy in the greater culture simply the how-do-you-do-fellow-youths meme? I think so. And that was the episode right before this one. Really? Yes. I was part of a special task force of very young-looking cops who infiltrated high schools. How do you do, fellow kids? What? Blessed our Twitter timelines forever. But yeah, I I think... that's weird that that's the thing that sticks, but yeah, like he did it. He referenced that at an awards show a couple weeks ago. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> I think he might like. Well How do you do, fellow nominees or fellow actors or something <laughs> like that? I, and I choose to believe that this was directed specifically by the Steve Buscemi as the Mad Hatter from that one SNL skit where I built little race cars out of my poop. We're all mad here. <laughs> Okay, so it's been a while since I've watched 30 Rock. It ended in 2013, didn't overstay its welcome, and went out on a high note. But, Joey, whereabouts would you put Leap Day if you're ranking episodes of 30 Rock? Ooh, it's in the top half-ish. 30 Rock's one of my favorite shows of all time, one of my favorite sitcoms. I love Mm. Tina Fey and Robert Carlock's super fast-paced style of humor. I love Tina, obviously. She's from here. She's from Philadelphia, from Delco. Uh, One of my favorites one of my favorite peoples ever Um, that this season, I'm pretty sure it was this season where they just decided directly cater the show to me. Like I was already in the bag. (laughs) It's already one of my favorite shows guys, but I think this is the same season that had appearances from weird Al Mick Foley and the Philly fanatic. I think you're right. They did a dark Knight parody and they referenced the King of Prussia mall in an episode. Oh, that's right, man. I need to rewatch that. Like I'm already, I already love your show, guys. You don't have to like narrow cast it to me, but thank you. I love that Tina Fey is all about just like staying close to her roots and destroying them at the same time. <laughs> How do you That's know? the episode where he's like, "I'm an undersea king, fully fanatic." <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, the website Film School Rejects ranked every episode of 30 Rock a while back and put Leap Day at number one. Whoa! And I'm in full agreement and no surprise to the holiday specials guy because this 
hits every note on that. But this immediately became my favorite the minute I watched it. I am sad that it's only relevant once every four years, but... That website said the episode encompasses everything that works in the show by pushing its weirdness to the foreground by creating a fake holiday with fake traditions that are as hilarious as they are Lovecraftian. I think my if it's not my favorite episode, it's pretty high up there is Reaganing, which oh, is the episode yeah. with with the best friends mm-hmm. gang with with uh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, I forgot Kelsey Grammer was and, in the best. And the Frasier cakes. Frasier! <laughs> in fact, I will talk about Frasier some more later in this episode, but I do love Reaganing. Well, what I love about the show is that it takes place in a universe that's just alternate enough to not possibly be our own. <laughs> but then Liz Lemon seems to be from a third universe on the other side of the shows because she's also completely oblivious to what's supposed to be a heavily celebrated holiday. So yeah, Tina Fey's from Upper Darby, but Lemon is from Whitehaven, Pennsylvania, up in Luzerne County, which is her in-universe excuse for not knowing how big of a holiday Leap Day is. So let's back up a bit. Our A-plot opens as Liz is arriving at work, and outside she meets her old college classmate Thad, who remembers her as the star of The Sound of Music, in which he was a young Nazi boy. <laughs> I am one age going on another age. What's going what to will happen, happen next? next? <laughs> but even in the first minute or so, you're right, the jokes come firing on all cylinders. You have that, you have I had my skin tags removed so you can see my eyes now. You had everyone called you Fab, no nickname. And then Young Nazi Boy, and then unlicensed version of The Sound of Music, and then Jenna shows up. Sorry, I don't see people that look like that. <laughs> Whenever we do the show, always you know when I'm watching the episode, I'm always taking notes on my phone. This is the only one I've ever had to pause because I'm laughing so hard because the jokes keep <laughs> coming so fast. I have to keep pausing to take more notes. Yeah, it was really hard just to write notes for this one because it's just like joke after joke after joke. It's like The Simpsons during the golden years. <laughs> and this like stopped. This new one to stop. It's just like, you know what? Let's end on a high note. So I appreciate that. Have no fears. They had stories for exactly enough years. <laughs> anyway, Thad invites Liz to his, quote, epic leap day party. And Jenna later realizes the man Liz referred to when they were out of earshot as Sad Thad the Skin Tag Lad grew up to be 3D internet pioneer and multi-billionaire Thad Warmald. So now Jenna, the great and underrated Jane Krakowski... Uh, who before 30 Rock was the ghost of Christmas past to Kelsey Grammer Scrooge. Oh! There he is. (laughs) Now she wants Liz to take her to this party so she can woo him and be his gold digger. Did a whole lot of internet. We'll meet up with that later, but first on the way to the office, Liz gets playfully assaulted, let's call it, by Lutz, who declares, poke your eyes, pull your hair, because you forgot what clothes to wear, and we plunge headfirst into Leap Day with tradition number one, wearing blue and yellow, or risk getting attacked. Joe, are you in your blue and yellow tonight? Yes, absolutely. Oh, good. In fact, I bought a like a, a generic yellow t-shirt years ago specifically to wear on Leap Day. <laughs> uh, I, I got my Harry Potter Ravenclaw shirt out on, which has yellow on it, so that makes it easy for me. But what I like about Leap Day is that its traditions are a mashup of things. This part's based off of a St. Patrick's Day thing I didn't know existed until I was adult, where if you don't wear green, we get to pinch you because leprechauns Mm -hmm. pinch, but they can't see you if you're green. I didn't realize that was the, the pinching reason. I didn't know that either. They, they pinch you because the leprechauns can't see you because you're wearing green. What? The, what I word was, leprechauns like to pinch, but they can't see you if you're in green. But they wear green. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's why we can't see them. I don't understand. Every leprechaun is John Cena. <laughs> oh, he does wear the. He does wear green sometimes. He does wear but green, but only the lot. worst shades of green. <laughs> Here's neon throw up green. Have you ever been a victim of or witnessed a St. Paddy's Day pinching? I never have. 
No, not outside of, like, a sitcom. Yeah. Not in real life. Stop being weird, Irish people. <laughs> no. Well, also, my mother's Irish, so I've always had something green to wear, and I didn't learn about the dumb pinching thing until I was adult, but anyway. Liz is like, Leap Day's not a thing, and then walks in to find Leap Day is very much a thing, thanks to a dancing and candy-throwing Kenneth the Page, played <laughs> by Fix-It Felix Jr., Jack McBrayer, as himself, basically. And we're introduced to the Santa Claus stand-in of February 29th, Leap Day William. What is your favorite aspect about Leap Day William? <laughs> um, that you trade uh, children's tears for candy? <laughs> That's like very Eastern European Christmas figure thing. That's like I'm, a... just, I'm just picturing Tufer and his fake crying face <laughs> in that scene. His is probably the best fake crying. They're all kind of like they have their hands up to their mouths and fists like... <laughs> Tufer actually is putting effort into it. He he look he's got the sad face. Everybody else is just I don't know. Whimpering. But my favorite thing about Leap Day William is that he lives in the Mariana Trench. They picked a <laughs> random remote point to be his North Pole, and they picked the deepest underwater trench on the planet. Isn't that where the where um, Megatron was in the first Michael Bay Transformers movie? Was that it? I thought it was in An- Antarctica. I feel like at some point in one of the very confusing Transformers Michael Bay yeah. plots and and lore, some of the Decepticons are at the bottom of the Marianas Trench at some point. That's probably right. Good place <laughs> to hide. Leap Day William emerges from the Pacific Ocean every February 29th to trade candy for children's tears. So we'd see Kenneth dressed in this bright blue suit and straw hat and yellow vest and tie tossing candy from a bowl to his fake weeping co-workers, all of whom are shocked that Liz doesn't know about Leap Day. And this is already fantastic, but my favorite part is, this is season six already. So Frank asks, where were you when we did this four years ago? (laughs) Joey, do you remember what happened to 30 Rock in 2008? No, but because I read enough research before we recorded, I do know that it was during the uh, the writer's strike? That was it. It was during the writer's strike. So they didn't have an episode in February. They kind of went on hiatus from January to April. So they could get away with this. Ooh, but I have a good story about that, actually. Ooh. Uh, my friend Mace was in New York during the writer's strike and saw Tina Fey picketing. And went up to her and said hi and like shook her hand and got a picture of her and said, you know, I'm on your side. And, like, go writer strikers. Yay, writer strikers. But yeah, it just that's that all a fun ties together. Story. My friend actually saw Tina Fey during the writer's strike striking. That's why she doesn't know about it. She got distracted. <laughs> well, Liz's staff explains to her that Leap Day is a magical extra day to take chances. Like Pete, who's wearing a braided necklace with a shark's tooth on it. And that, sadly, is pretty much it for Pete in this episode, because you know what Pete's doing these days. Uh, no. Scott Atchett is the voice of Baymax in Disney's Big Hero 6. We jumped out a window. Oh, nice. Uh, Which is now like a a Disney Plus series, I think, or a Disney Channel series that they put on Plus. It's there. I've still never seen that movie. Oh, it's so good. It's cute. Mm -hmm. It's very good. But in we go to the office of Jack Donaghy, where we and Liz learn a few more Leap Day traditions. One, eating rhubarb. Uh, Two, Mormons are funny about the holiday in an unexplained manner. And three, and my favorite, it is the subject of the holiday classic movie Leap Dave Williams, a film starring Jim Carrey. Dave? Is everything all right? I definitely don't have gills. I mean nothing. I mean, yes. And Andy McDowell. It's a perfect joke. Like everything about it is perfect. It's exactly, you know, Bruce Almighty, liar, liar. Uh, The the running joke about being on USA as a marathon, like Elf or Christmas Story. Oh, that reminds me. Do you know who recently followed Advent Calhouse on Twitter? Jim Carrey? No, Zach Ward, better known as Scut Farkas from A Christmas Story. Yes. Hey, Zach Ward. Thanks, man. 
But yeah, that hits so many notes. Yeah, Annie McDowell, Groundhog Day. You know who should have directed Leap Dave Williams? Oh, what's his name? The guy who, um, I can't think of his name. James Cameron, who's been oh. to the Mariana Trench. <laughs> That's not who I was thinking. I was oh. thinking of the, um, uh, the director who did something like, Bruce Almighty and all those movies. Oh, yeah, he should have, too. But no, James Cameron is one of, like, three people in history who have reached the bottom of the Mariana Trench, which is uh, <laughs> a weird fact. <laughs> no, but I, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan. Like, we were, you know, we were in high school at the peak of, you know, the the one, two, three unassailable punch of Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber, and just that whole era of, like, Batman Forever, Truman Show... Cable guy, I saw all those in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Well, liar, liar, which gets like a random mm-hmm. joke in here. Like at the end, he's, I saved Leap Day and connected with my son. And I saw yes. the big case from earlier, which is a <laughs> variation of liar, liar. But okay, sure. It's dead on. My, and, and Jim Carrey is all in on this, which is oh, the yeah. best part. <laughs> hey, you know what doesn't hold up? The end of Ace Ventura. No. No. Gets into that fight with Swoop and other things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, well. I think when Nature Calls holds up. I, I just know. remember, you know, Chicago. <laughs> Maybe not. And coming out of the rhino's butt. Yeah. That's the, yep. Uh, but there's this scene where Jim Carrey, as Dave Williams, is looking in the mirror, and he's got gills and a white mustache that won't go away, like Tim Allen and his beard and the Santa Claus. But <laughs> instead, his he keeps taking off his straw hat, only for it to magically fly back onto his head. That's right. Which was a nice touch. One thing we haven't noted about Leap Day yet is it's a big holiday, but it's not a work holiday. So everyone's here at work, and for Jack, the holiday is a competition with his business school roommates to see who can make the most money. And his move on this front is to announce his parent company, Cable Town. Speaking of jokes that don't hold up, here we go. Jack's move on this front is to announce his parent company, Cable Town, which is what I still insist on calling Comcast is buying the 3D internet company Zaro and the media conference for which go terribly, terribly awry when three people dressed as the letter K for Cable Town whip the competition represented by a black employee. And it sounds bad, and it is bad, but they don't linger on it. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did do it. KKK. Oh, that's... Uh. The worst of it's shown as a news clip Jack's watching later, and he tells Kenneth the two of them are staying at work till they figure out how to turn the day around, despite Kenneth's plea to go home and take care of his sick pet bird, whose name is Rebecca Birdstein. Either I'm dumb and I don't get and couldn't find the reference, or that's just a bird's name for some reason. It's just, I think the joke is funny that it's a full name of a bird. Okay. That is Bird in the last name. I'm like looking up, is it supposed to be Rebecca Bernstein? Who's that? And there are people named that, but not people who would be the butt of this joke. It's just like, here are 70 people on Facebook. But Rebecca Bernstein is a delightful name for a bird. But not a child. Don't do that. And to show Kenneth how serious he is, Jack calls his nanny and says he'll need her to stay late with his baby daughter, Lily. Liddy. Oh, not Lily. That's my baby daughter. Uh, <laughs> so that sets up the B plot. But let's back up a touch because I missed a very important Leap Day miracle in the C plot. And that's C for see how much Japanese food we can eat. <laughs> because Tracy finds a Benihana gift card for $50,000. In a pile of unread fan mail. I mean, would you read a bunch of letters from people who look up to me? A $50,000 Benihana gift card? All right. I did an ad and insisted on being paid in Benny bucks. The card expires at the end of February 2012, so he has an extra day to spend it, and spend it they try. So I found a Benihana menu. <laughs> Added up all the items on it, minus drinks, because they weren't on there, and came up with a very unscientific total of $1,664.77. And 
And doing that math to spend a $50,000 gift card, (laughs) you would have to order everything on the menu 30 times. When it's broken down like that, it doesn't seem so impossible. But it's still a lot of food. (laughs) I applaud your math. Thank you. I've never been to Benihana, but I just think of it as Asian Hooters. Because that's what (laughs) Michael Scott called it. Yes. On a Christmas episode. Yes. Oh, we got to do that. It's a Benihana Christmas. Yes. I've never been to Benihana, I don't think, but I've been to enough Benihana adjacent places. I live in a tourist district, so they're around. The ones that are around here are called Kobe. Oh, Kobe. But Tracy declares, nothing's impossible on Leap Day. It's like I said in my cameo appearance in Leap Day Williams. Give me your wallet, old man. (laughs) Which works. That's a perfect Tracy Morgan joke. (laughs) It really is. I should explain, because as silly as this show gets, it uses every second to explain every ridiculous thing. So Tracy Jordan got the gift card after doing a commercial for Benihana that never aired because he touched the hot table. Ah! I just touched the table again! Oh God, you call for help! I just put my head on the table for a second! I would go to Benihana after watching someone accidentally put their hand on the table and... Wait, wait, can I, can I jump back? I think we oh. skipped something I had in my notes because I oh, think it's ahead. when Jack was talking to Kenneth in his uh, in his office. Okay. Or did he talk to Liz at that point? But I do uh. have my notes when Jack says it's like St. Pa- he says like St. Patrick, like stomp on your <laughs> yeah, foot, yeah. kick you in the knees. Yankees suck. Go Pats. <laughs> That's the Boston version. Yeah. But when he says it, he's just like, oh, it wasn't a big deal in Boston. It's that and there was a leap day parade. But that's it. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, suck. Let's catch up with Liz and Jenna, who arrive in Thad's very sparsely decorated rich guy apartment. I was expecting it to be way nerdier, but he does own an actual Ewok. <laughs> oh, earlier that was when Liz started singing the lyrics she made up to the Cantina band song. Oh, yes. Big grin, Dan, the clue horn man. Yeah. He's, He's from Clackdoor 7. I don't know whether I want that whole song or not. <laughs> I realize that Thad is kind of a poor man's Artie Ziff in this episode. Oh, wow. He really is. Yeah. I'm Artie Ziff. <laughs> Side note, can I tell you my favorite Artie Ziff thing? Yes. Um, it's it's the episode where he comes back. Not, I mean, the original one is, is perfect, you know. Yeah. My busy hands. But <laughs> every single time I ever hear Sweet Dreams by the rhythmics there's the one where he has the the, the sleep mask for for, uh, for homer and it's like i traveled the world and the seven seas i am watching you through a camera i'm glad i'm not the only one who does that anymore <laughs> that's that's the real lyrics to me but that, like do you have to explain that to people because there's always one huh what no i i either just sing it to myself or i i say it to aaron <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I've said it out loud a few times, and everybody. then I have to explain, and then it's not funny anymore. But no, really, the only item we can see that helps us visualize that as a big, rich nerd is this Ewok behind glass. Could be a guy in a costume, could be an actual Ewok. I'm not sure, which is funnier to think about. We also didn't mention who's playing Thad. Uh, his name's Steve Little. What else is he in? He was on Eastbound and Down, which I only watched, like, one season of, but he oh. was... Um, like the goofy sidekick Stevie. Okay. To, um, to Kenny Powers. Watch, I watched maybe the first episode of Eastbound and Down and I never caught back up. Maybe now I kind of want to see. Is he awkward like this? Yeah, I think he like shaved his head for the oh. season I watched, which is very unflattering look, but that was kind of the point. <laughs> well, I guess there's also his collapsible Dungeons and Dragons table that we never get to see come up out of the floor because he shouts, Table! Crack, I'm supposed to say floor first. Oh, forget it, damn it. This is all for you, Liz. What? Which sends him into a fit of frustration, which ends with him confessing to Liz he's been in love with her since college, and he deliberately sold his company to Cable Town so he could run into her that morning, and then he indecent proposals her, 
to take his virginity on a leap night for $20 million. Guys listening to this podcast, do not do this. Well, by all means, get rich and sell your internet company for lots of money, but don't do it to impress someone you're infatuated with. Talking's fun. Do that. (laughs) Side note, I've never watched Game of Thrones. Is Zara really the name of a rich merchant prince who wishes to acquaint himself with the Mother of Dragons? (laughs) Possibly from the books. I don't remember that character on the TV show. Okay. I feel like was the TV. I mean, it might have not even been on. Maybe season one had just aired around this time. It, it, I think it was just starting because it did eight seasons and this was eight years ago. So mm-hmm. it lines up. Yeah, maybe season one or two. Well, Thad's creepy devotion to Liz isn't phasing Jenna. Oh, hang on. I did, really? I'm sorry. I just noticed Google Docs gave the word phasing a squiggly grammar underline and is suggesting I change it to the wrong phasing. Thanks, hmm. Google Docs. So Jenna notes Liz, who at this point in the series has gotten very serious with her boyfriend, Chris Cross, played by James Marsden. I just realized as I was saying that, that (laughs) both human leads from Sonic the Hedgehog are in this episode. Oh my gosh, you're right. Wow. (laughs) Jenna notes Liz is still at Thad's sparsely attended party, so she's silently considering the offer. So Liz calls Chris to see his reaction to I'm about to do something crazy, and right before we see a clip from the Leap Dave Williams movie calling Andy McDowell to say the same, and both Chris and Andy McDowell reply, you should, it's Leap Day. Real life is for March. Real life is for March. Real life is for March. Yep. Which I've been saying all month. But. Oh, wait, really quick, going back to the, the uh, crisscross joke, because all of Liz's boyfriends who have, we don't really find out their their last names always, but in the credits, mm-hmm. they show what it is. We just watched uh, Ford v. Ferrari, mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Damon's character named Carol. I'm like, wait, right. Matt Damon was Carol. That was his name on 30 Rock. He was the pilot. He was Carol Burnett. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> It's Chris Cross, C-R-I-S-S-C-H-R-O-S, which is just brilliant. And I think they only, like, gloss over it once, and that's it. Mm-hmm. The best, of course, is Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But real life is for March, and nothing on Leap Day counts. That's why this is a bonus episode. So now Liz appears to be all in, and both she and Jenna are trying to woo Thad on the couch. And Jenna, we're bringing it back to The Simpsons now, because she hilariously does the yawn and stretches while putting her arm around your date move. Except it's her leg. (laughs) Which I laughed at way more loudly than I probably should have. But I'm thinking of Homer and his dad, and you got to play it cool. Your chances for love will slightly improve. (laughs) Uh, And Liz one-ups her with her Nazi boy high kicks from The Sound of Music, and that prompts Thad to dismiss Jenna with the old, why don't you get us some drinks? That is no way to treat anyone, especially when someone of whom you've bookmarked all their nip slips. Have some dignity, nerdy billionaire. Before Jenna leaves, she warns Liz the gold diggers are coming. Click, click. That's their stilettos. Click, click. Meanwhile, at Benihana, Tracy and the rest of the TGS staff are struggling to spend $50,000. They've made it to $6,000. So they've ordered the entire menu once and then a little over half of it again. Uh, But here's a throwaway line. Tracy asks for your finest bottle of wine. And the chef says, of course, that'll be $12. (laughs) So he's getting discouraged because everybody keeps telling him not to get paid in gift cards. His wife, his lawyer, his imaginary (laughs) friend.com. He's like, Tracy, I'm real. I moved your furniture. Dot com's my favorite. Kevin Brown's Wikipedia page starts by calling him Kevin.com Brown. So he's just embraced that this is what he's known as. Well, didn't he also sign that huge contract with the Dodgers? Oh, did he? No, that was the pitcher, Kevin Brown. 
<laughs> what? That's not yeah. Ten- he was, what, he's on the Marlins and the Dodgers. That's right. Yeah. His little what do they call it? But they have the stupid nicknames on the back of their jerseys for a weekend. His should be dot com. <laughs> Tracy's telling a story about Leap Day from his childhood and how someone saved him from falling through the ice. One Leap Day when I was a kid, the Harlem River froze, and I decided to cross it, carrying my brick collection. I told him not to. No one can hear you, Dotcom. Then I fell through the ice. They still don't know who pulled me out. I did. Charlie Rangel gave me a medal. I like to think it was Leap Day William. <laughs> But it turns out he's getting discouraged that his attempt to take a leap on leap day and spend a $50,000 gift card appears to be failing, so he leaves and take a walk. Oh, and he says something like, leap days become too commercial, so there's your Charlie Brown callback. But while he's out walking, he encounters what's implied to be the real leap day William, played by veteran stage actor John Cullum, a two-time Tony Award winner for his lead roles in Shenandoah and On the 20th Century. And he's been on a bunch of Law & Order episodes, but who hasn't? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. (laughs) Oh, I saw Scott ads on Law & Order not that long ago. Did you? Yeah. Law & Order SUV. He did. (laughs) He's got a good Law & Order bit character look to him, so... So Tracy tells this old man, I'm not sure I believe in Leap Day William. Leap Day William's probably just a tall tale told the kids to help sell candy. But this old fool still believes he exists right here inside all of us. I am always coughing up blood. Could that be Leap Day William trying to get out? (laughs) That's going to be my new metaphor for the spirit of Christmas. I'm not sure if I've ever even coughed up blood before in my life, but if I do, it's just an abundance of Christmas spirit. That's what really happens when your heart grows three sizes, kids. Go see a doctor. <laughs> Leap Day William tells Tracy everything's going to be all right as long as you remember where you come from. And we'll come back to that in a bit, but first we need to check back in with Jack, who's gotten sick and maybe is coughing up blood, I didn't see it, but from eating bad rhubarb prompting an intervention from Kenneth as the spirit of Leap Day. And here's our Christmas Carol moment in all of about three minutes with Kenneth playing the ghost of Leap Day past, present, and future. We start in the past and we're initially led to believe he went out and got a kid and a woman to play the role of young Jack and his mother who works at the hospital where she's a nurse. We can't go to the parade today. I got called into work at the hospital. Where I'm a nurse. Just kidding. But you can't have candy and cigarettes without a few tears first. And then Jack even gets in a crack. Why did we stop giving children cigarettes? It's the liberal war on Leap Day. <laughs> There's also a line he mentioned at some point, the Obama worldwide recession. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's right, because they're not getting their Leap Day bonuses. They really <laughs> did cover every aspect of Christmas. I love that there's a Christmas Carol parody in the middle of this. Of course, that's what we decided to, you know, the episode we're doing. Yes. <laughs> then Kenneth snaps his fingers and we're in Leap Day present at Jack's house. So were they really actors or is this really a spirit of Leap Day? I think he just ate some bad rhubarb and he's hallucinating. It could be. The best part is they just leave that question open. Kenneth, during the show's entire run, has been implied to be either immortal or having an unnaturally long lifespan that takes him far into the future without appearing to age. And we only know time has passed because we see flying cars. Happy Back to the Future Day. (laughs) But at Jack's home, we see his nanny Sherry on the phone with Jack earlier while watching Liddy, and there was that throwaway line by Jack earlier. Uh, Just dab some scotch in your neck and make your eyes the color of a winter crystal so she'll think you're me. And I didn't think anything of it, but here she comes back. Okay, I'll change my eye color. But it seems like a waste of voodoo. Because it's like every line is a Chekhov's gun in this episode. (laughs) Well, this doesn't sway Jack. So another finger snap and we're five leap days into the future. That's 20 years for those keeping score. It's a score. 
Ah. ah, we see Liddy having been neglected by her father five leap days in a row, building houses for Habitat for Humanity. Oh, no. That's a Jimmy Carter move. That's He's history's greatest monster. <laughs> and that is what convinces Jack to remember the true spirit of leap day. And he comes to and tells actual Kenneth now to go buy the rhubarb that's as big as him. But first, go take Rebecca Bernstein to the vet. And Rebecca Bernstein, who did not die. Aw, yay. And he gets his George Bailey moment to mix that in. Merry Leap Day, (laughs) tourists. Merry Leap Day, closeted gays meeting in the city. (laughs) Let's back up to Liz finally getting that alone and trying to calm his nerves. But just as Jenna predicted, in marches an army of... In Liz's words, damn it, hot bitches. And her delivery is perfect. Ah, hot bitches. Ah. Led by Czech supermodel Karolina Kirkova, who was almost a leap day baby. Her date of birth (laughs) is February 28th, 1984. So close. (laughs) I think that's just a coincidence. But a ridiculous one. (laughs) Uh. But Thad now dismisses Liz with the drinks line, and she comes back, well, looks like this time the mail will be in the check. <laughs> that is a good That's line. so good. And th- oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm looking at her, her bio really quick here. She played cover girl in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Oh, did she? I guess. I saw that movie. <laughs> so did I. I missed that. Well. Would you remember? No. well that kind of wit is something she will never give you Liz quips but she comes back with hey Liz a gym teacher on a sex tour of Indonesia called he wants his shirt back solid bird solid bird I'm I'm, hung hung up on Rebecca Bergstein solid burn Kirkola I want that Hawaiian shirt they must make it Liz's blue and yellow Hawaiian shirt so she stops getting poked but it looks like pajamas. I thought it was pajamas she was wearing. It's a Hawaiian sh- Like, it says Hawaii on the sleeve. Uh-oh. It's like the tackiest, and it's like two sizes too big on her, because that's what we could find. But So no $20 million for Liz, despite even Chris telling her even he would have done it for that kind of money. But she tells him, I just kept picturing your face. Aww. And then finally, we have to wrap up Tracy's story, and we get a fun little word association game. (laughs) Trying to remember where he came from, so he goes to, we all came from the C. C, like the letter C, which is part of the alphabet. Alphabet soup. Soup kitchen. Kitchen. And nearby homeless walk-on bit player Hannibal Burris comes in trying to tell him, No, no, don't keep going. The kitchen debate with Richard Nixon. I didn't realize that was Hannibal Burris until watching it this time. I'm like, hey, I know you. Hannibal Burris is awesome. I saw him do stand-up. Uh, I saw him open for Aziz Ansari in Chicago ages ago. So he was still coming up. Oh, I was going to say, were you at the truck show? What? No, no. I was, <laughs> my friend Stacy was at that. Was she? But I was not. Uh, well, this is before that. This is before even the Eric Andre show started, so... I think he might have been on the writing team at one point. I think you're right. But in 2012, I didn't know who Hannibal Burris was. He's just homeless guy. But <laughs> Anyway, Tracy goes on the kitchen debate with Richard Nixon. Richard M. Nixon. The M. Train. Soul Train. Chicken Soup for the Soul. Chicken Soup. Soup Kitchen. <laughs> and the best part about this is he's... In front of a soup kitchen this entire time. It also makes me think of only it goes a hundred steps further. The scene in uh, the Batman movie. It happened at C. C. <laughs> C for Catwoman. <laughs> yes. So he invites everyone at the soup kitchen to Benihana. And I guess there was enough to order 30 of everything. <laughs> And as all three stories wrap up, we're treated to blue and yellow Leap Day carolers singing God grant you on this Leap Day fair, a calm wind and the ocean air. Leap Day magic's all around as Leap Day William comes to town. 
He knows when you are bad or good. He knows when you're asleep. Oh my God, he's behind you. <laughs> and that's all we get. And that's all I want. But but we do end with Leap Day William at the very end saying, we've all learned something tonight about love and friendship and taking chances and the true meaning of Leap Day. But these lessons aren't good just for every four years. No, they're good every year because we should live every day as if it's leap day and every leap day as if it's your last <laughs> oh and if you should ever see an old man in a blue suit busting out of the middle of the ocean take the time to say howdy it might just be worth your while and then he the last thing we see is him coming at the camera like he's corrupted bilbo baggins <laughs> with his kills and his sharp teeth it's so quick. It's legit scary and terrifying. I almost feel like that is what people will think of with this episode more than anything Probably. else because it's so immediate and left field and legit scary. <laughs> I feel like I remember my first reaction to it was like, ah, but then I could not stop laughing for about two minutes. There's an episode of um, Comedy Bang Bang that had an ending like that. I think they were sort of doing the the ending of Thriller type of thing. But oh. it, it was legit scary. It was Scott Ackerman. I whatever the, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like that. It was just a split second went from comedy to like legit terrifying for a quick moment. Also, also, um, before that, they have the the bus shelter that he's near. There's an ad on the bus shelter for Leap Dave Williams to Leap Baby. Oh, I saw that Leap Baby. Give me Leap Baby. <laughs> that was right around the time when we were getting all those baby movies. Like was Baby Geniuses? No, that was earlier. Yeah. Baby's Day Out? That was way earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Super Babies? Oh, that was probably it, yeah. Any final thoughts before we hit March and have to return to real life? Well, I would like to reference uh, another sitcom episode I told you about without getting into this amount of depth of it because... You can get into depth because I have some fun Leap Day facts that we're going to end with. Okay, so okay. go nuts. Um, as much as I love Leap Day Williams... Or Leap Day Williams, Leap Dave Williams. <laughs> it's so easy to mix up. Yes. This isn't my favorite sitcom, NBC classic sitcom episode about Leap Day. Oh. That would be Look Before You Leap, season three, episode 16 of Frasier. Hey, and we're back. Yep. So um, without running on the entire plot of it, but basically Frazier is like, oh, it's an extra day. It's a gift. We should all take a leap. Try something different. And so he gives, you know, that advice on the air and to all his friends. And of course, all of it goes wrong. Roz tries to um, to uh, uh, call out to a guy that she met on the train, a misconnection. And of course, he finds her and then she finds out he's married. Uh, Martin is going to fly to his friend's birthday party in Montana because, you know, his friend's turning 16 because it's his birthday's on leap day. Ah. But then he's in like a terrifying, like it's really horrifying when he describes the plane crash he was in, like they landed in the foam and all, but he gets back from that. Daphne gets a new haircut and it's terrible. And Niles is very horny for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and going to go back to her, and Fraser keeps telling him not to, which which brings you up to one of the greatest moments. I don't care. Niles gotta have it. <laughs> but Fraser's plot is one of my favorite scenes ever, and I really, really love Fraser. Um, he's going to sing this terrible song that he sings every year on the PBS pledge drive called Buttons and Bows oh. from this. Bob Hope movie called Pale Face and it's weird. I looked it up once and it's like Bob Hope bragging about how much he how much better he is than everyone else and that's the song Fraser sings every year. But this year he's going to sing a challenging aria from Rigoletto. And then at the last minute because everyone else's leaps went terribly he's like no 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 I'm screwed. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do buttons and bows by popular request. <laughs> And because he hasn't practiced it, he just screws up all the lyrics and starts singing nonsense. Like, uh, <laughs> let's all go to a taco show. <laughs> My bones denounce the fearful trounce and a something la-da-da. <laughs> and it's, I've watched that clip so many times. You should put it in the show notes because it's easily found on YouTube. I'm about to. 
It's like drunk HMS Pinafore. Something and something <laughs> and buttons and bows. <laughs> but I love that episode. So look before you leap on Fra- of Fraser. Watch that today too to celebrate Leap Day. Well, if and take a leap. If, if we're still doing this podcast in 2024, let's toss it in there. <laughs> we'll see. But before we sink back into the Mariana Trench for our slumber until July, I wanted to share some fun Leap Day facts. Leap Day is on February 29th because it's the shortest month. It's every four years because the actual revolution of the Earth around the sun is just a tiny bit over 365 days proper, 24-hour days. It's an extra five hours, 48 minutes, and 46 seconds, which is just shy of a quarter of a day. So that's why it's every four years, but not quite. So every 100 years on 2100, 2200, 2300, there won't be a leap day. But it's still not even after that. So every year that's a multiple of 400 does get the extra day. So that's why we had one in 2000, but we will have one in 2400. My gosh. And that pretty much keeps us balanced, save for a few leap seconds that we have every so often. Time's just wibbly wobbly, or so I'm told. Thanks, Gregorian calendar. <laughs> uh, and there's also an old Irish tradition of women proposing marriage to their men on Leap Day. That's the origin of an Amy Adams movie called Leap Year. Yes. Which wasn't even released on a Leap Year. That came out in 2010. In January. Don't watch Leap Year. <laughs> I will, Amy Adams might be my favorite actress, but I guess I don't need to see Leap Year. <laughs> Amy Adams is so good. Anyway, the tradition is believed to have started to balance the traditional roles of men and women, like Leap Day is supposed to balance our calendars. Uh, babies born on the 29th are called Leaplings and get the honor of getting jokes made about their ages and birthdays for the rest of their lives. Uh, But it becomes important during milestones that occur during common years, like registering to vote at 18 and purchasing alcohol at 21. And this differs by country. So in some countries, like the United Kingdom and Hong Kong, Leapling's legal birthdays are on March 1st. But in New Zealand and Taiwan, it's February 28th. Because they know how to party, I guess. The United States doesn't have an official law. But the consensus I could find on the internet seems to be that they'd have to wait until March 1st to come of age, which is boring. But any Leaplings out there, uh, tell me your experience of turning 21. I'm I'm interested now. I just looked up uh, celebrity birthdays on Leap Day. Did you oh, do that? I have some fun ones. Okay, go ahead. Cause... We have uh, Jimmy Dorsey. The late Dinosaura. The late Dinosaura. <laughs> uh, ja Rule. Former NHL All-Star and longtime Philadelphia Flyer, Simone Gagne. <laughs> Chris Conley from Saves the Day. And the original singer from Drowning Pool, whose name was Dave Williams. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. And he died really tragically. I shouldn't he be laughing did. about this. No, but it, I mean, when I saw that, I just, that was great. Uh, some other notable ones here. Mark Foster of Foster the People. Oh. Uh, gross motivational speaker guy, Tony Robbins. Yeah. Uh, late character actor, Dennis Farina. Antonio Sabato Jr. of General Hospital fame. <laughs> and any other good ones here? Famousbirthdays.com? Uh, I guess not. Wikipedia had a pretty long list, but like when you go to Wikipedia, you're going to get like a whole bunch of world leaders from 500 years ago. Here's a pope that you don't even know about. The late Alex Rocco, also a good character actor. Hey. And then they also have like notable deaths on February 29th, but the only like really, really, really notable one that I could see was Davy Jones of the Monkees. Aww. Yeah. He went to Davy Jones's locker in the Mariana Trench. Oh, Saul Williams, too. I like Saul Williams. He turned Oh, yeah, I did see that. I was laughing too hard, Dave Williams, but they were born the same day. No relation. 
Well, Joey, if people want to indecent proposal you to the tune of $20 million, too bad, you're married. But where can they find you on the internet, 3D or otherwise? Uh, you can give that $20 million to Why Not Radio and help support us. Hey! Hey, we're at whynotradio.net. Uh, I also co-host our pop culture talk show where we talk a lot about Frasier, actually. <laughs> um, while still being very current, uh, it's Words with Nerds, whynotradio.net slash nerds. All on demand there. And this show is on Twitter at Advent Cal House. We're on the web at adventcalendar.house. But we're about to go to sleep until July. Until uh, then, thank you for taking this leap with me, Joey. Remember, real life is for March. Yes. See y'all again July 1st when we start counting down to Christmas in July. Until then, for Joey O, from a Habitat Humanity from the future, this is Mike Westfall saying, take a leap over that icy patch. Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. You love Christmas, sure, but sometimes the same old traditions are too... traditional. Sometimes you want to see Santa stuff a kid in his sack. Sometimes you want Christmas dinner to come alive and threaten you with knives and forks. Sometimes you just need Christmas to get a bit weird. Weird Christmas has you covered. Check out podcasts filled with annoying Christmas music, proof that St. Nick came from magic mushrooms, and talk about Christmas specials so disturbing you won't sleep for days. Now available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Weirdchristmas.com. Oh, oh, holy Mary, that's different. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Nobody makes a fool of Jack Frost... When I get through, there'll be no more Frosty the Snowman. 